0: We have, we have food, we have content creation, we have top secret work. Like, it's all uh, the above uh, in uh, intelligence, you know what I mean? I, I, I thought you were gonna uh, say something like, We have three idiots here who all manage yeah, to. That's what work, I was gonna say, yes. Yeah.
1: Hello, world. This is episode 11 of Over Inspected. I'm one of your hosts, Carrie, but I'm here with my friends, Chai and Manu. And here, we're gonna talk about. Maybe I guess since we've been speed cubers for almost a decade now. Um, oh God!
2: Do you really have to put I, it that way? That, that is, is true, reasonable. right? I
0: mean, it's it's almost true, yeah.
2: For some, yeah. For some oh of my us, goodness. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, yeah, it's been a decade. Holy. <laughs> Wait, did you start in twenty twelve? Well, I first started cubing when I was in like in middle school. I didn't go to a comp until 20, 2013, but yeah, I started QP in twenty twelve. That's that's wild. Oh my gosh. No, I, I, know, I think that's something
1: to be something to be proud of, right? Like with with H uh, wisdom. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, but I think the plan for this episode is is there's a lot of newer Cubers out there and I think, you know, given our experiences, maybe there's some sort of tips we have, ways of, you know, teaching newer Cubers like what paths to go down later in in their cubing careers
2: what paths not to go down well, yeah yeah what mm-hmm. paths not to
1: go down maybe that's like easier to teach because i know i've definitely gone down the wrong path cubing yeah. wise i think
2: how so, about let's start with that uh, uh yeah we can start let's start i think this one let's let's structure this one a little bit like cuz most okay. the podcast episodes are extremely unstructured for both good reason and no reason whatsoever but this one, okay. why don't we start with advice towards just completely new cubers or people who want to like get into cubing, um, like want to get into like speed solving, I guess in particular, um, and then we can like maybe go down the the rungs from there.
1: Right, sure. right. Like let's sort of start with things that we wish we knew on day one, maybe.
2: Yeah, and so I think... yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: And I'm trying to, th- like, I'm searching the back of my brain right now for... Yeah, so I, mean, I, 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 have,
0: I have something. One. So go, go oh, ahead. Yeah, try oh, ahead. Go oh, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, you have you. Color, color oh, neutral.
2: Color neutral. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would have started color neutral if I, if I could go back in time. I would do red, green, blue, all the above. Like, just starting out as color neutral just sounds so much easier because I remember when I first started out, I was so clueless either way. Yeah, and so...
2: T- just yeah. to define what, what it means to be color neutral so, but, so oh sorry these are, these are also tips specifically for 3x3 maybe we will turn this into a series where we do other events um, we have some experience in other events too but yeah so for this yeah. one we're really talking about 3x3 and to really get started like the the way you solve the 3x3 is like layer by layer right so you start with like building one layer which you know a lot of people can do even like if you just play around with it even for like intuitively yeah yeah 15 20 minutes even an hour you can you can figure it out um and then you build the next layer and the next layer on top of that so what chai is saying is uh so to when what we mean to be color neutral that means that you start on any color that you want instead of like building the same bottom layer to always be like white green red whatever instead of fixing that just allowing yourself to pick whichever one is good and Allowing your brain to kind of, like, figure out, like, the more, the, the more higher level patterns that are happening, rather than, oh, okay, like, these are specifically, like, I'm looking for the white pieces in particular. Um, yeah, and I, it's, like, kind of a hard thing to do, I feel like, at first for newer cubers, because it's just, like, okay, it's a lot easier for me to just ignore all the other pieces, and only look at the pieces that are white. But once you get, like, a better handle on it, yeah, I think, I think all of us and many many other cubers will agree that being color neutral is one of the best things that you can do uh, to start yourself off on the right foot
1: yeah it feels like something where the later you try to switch to being color neutral the harder it is to get benefits from it Mm -hmm. um which is sort of weird that the human brain works that way that way but i guess it sort of like locks it as you you know start to get faster and learn more advanced techniques your brain kind of like locks in to the way that you've practiced yeah so well if I you're like always I, used to, yeah
2: i feel like it's also related to the fact that like if you're if you're like a if you're starting out right like and switching from one color to another color sure you might be slower like but maybe you've like learned how to solve the cube on white first and now you want to switch to doing yellow like sure you're going to be a little bit slower but the percent slower that you're going to be relative to your solve time is not significant i think whereas like yeah as you get faster and faster like you you don't really get faster at like determining white from yellow but like your your solve times continue to decrease so the gap between the white and yellow increases in percentage which makes it which is like more descent uh de-incentivizes you it's like why would I do this when I, I'm just gonna get slower times anyway? Let me just do the way I've always been doing. But that is a bad mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense because, um, yeah, like when, when you're down to like a sub 10 second average, an extra one second, like handicap because you're on the wrong color mm-hmm. is everything. But when you're at like 30 seconds, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I was gonna say for myself is that, like, I thought I had always been color neutral. But then I recorded, as I said, decided to record like an average of a hundred, and I noticed that my five fastest solves, four of them were on white cross, and one of them was on orange. And I mm. thought to myself, like, this, it could be random chance, but more likely, it's it's a sign that even though I started color neutral, um, I have gravitated towards white cross, and I'm just like naturally a little faster, but I just don't notice it. So right. I don't. I, I guess it's a sign that you can lose your color neutrality if you don't keep it up.
2: Yeah, and there are some colors I think that are easier to become, like th- they're easier to switch to. So, for example, like Carrie, if you're like a white cross solver, it's it, it seems a lot easier to switch to like yellow, the opposite, yellow, color, than than any yeah. of the other co- colors. Because so, I think that that's that's what happened to me. Like originally, I was oh, originally I was green cross solver, but then I switched to white cross, and then and then eventually I added yellow but adding white to yellow like now like to me they're they're the same. Maybe after all of these years they finally become like the same. But if I try and do anything else it's just not even close.
1: Right, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I think
1: um opposites, I mean everyone knows their opposite colors on a Rubik's cube like red and orange, mm. green and blue, white and yellow, and I think well I think something that I never did was like if I know that white is on top and green is on front, I have to like think really hard to remember what's on left and right. Um, mm. Because I, I think that's not crucial when you're doing normal CFOP because the centers will sort of tell you. Right. Um, but I think that like maybe if you always solve on the same color, that stuff you do learn because you, you get the same exact cross every time and you get the same exact colors, colors every time.
2: Right, yeah um, like recently because I, I've switched to ZZ like my orientation is the exact same every single time so I, I just know that like you know red is going to be in my right hand and orange is, is going to be in my left hand like like now it's, it's just locked into my head that it's going to be exactly that way every single time so yeah I guess it's just like if you do it in the same pattern it probably ends up that way I, I would imagine it's the same thing for for megaminx right if you have like the same order especially in your S12, oh yeah you probably have a good yeah, idea of like what comes next. I
1: wanted to bring up Mega Minx because I feel like almost everyone has a set order. I guess, Michael, you probably have a little more experience with this. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, Fixed Order is definitely the the meta for Mega Minx. Um, but first, I, I feel like before I go on to Mega Minx, just wanted to wrap it up. But just like one other thing I thought for the 3x3 clone neutral part. I just thought that because um, you don't time a lot of yourself starting out it's like literally mm. hundreds and hundreds of solves at the very beginning of your cubing career that I wish I just knew where I didn't even care about what time I got like that, that that makes a huge difference because the more you care about the speed, the less you feel incentivized to do that.
2: Yeah. No, that's a, That's but, also a yeah. good tip. Yeah. Don't over But time. like,
0: yeah, exactly. The, the three by three, um, When you start out with one cross color, it's actually very similar to the concept of Megamix Fixed Order. You're basically picking a select color palette, essentially, and just sticking with it. Um, Most people don't start out dual-neutral, they end up learning it because it's easier to learn, because you just flip everything 180. Um, But you could think about learning 3x3 one cross as a variation of Megamix Fixed Order. Uh, the difference is the difficulty is because this is six colors, whereas Mega and sorry, if you're an audio listener, sorry about that, but I am holding up two different puzzles. There's the the, the Mega Minx will have 12 colors. So if you think about how much it matters to keep track of what's to the right of orange, what's to the right of yellow, what's to the right of blue, is going to be a lot more difficult if there's 10 other, well, I guess in Mega if you don't count the top two. If there's eight other colors or nine other colors to account for mm-hmm. that's really difficult um and then not only is it uh that many colors because there's so many extra colors there's also more sides there's like four different three different colors that attach to that one color that you're thinking about so that's why you can think about mega uh three x three one cross as a similar learning scheme to fixed order it's just Get being familiar with the color scheme. That's pretty much it. Because right. you're still familiar with 3x3 color scheme. It's very similar. And then, the for Megaminx um, fixed order, what that means is you solve the top half of the Megaminx in one direction, and usually you start from the same color. Um, there are a handful of people that can go in other directions, so usually you go clockwise, or, or I guess for me it'd be clockwise, and then counterclockwise. Um, I always go counterclockwise, um, but for the most part, I don't think there's a huge benefit to it. Just because you have so much time to make up, because there's so many pieces to solve. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I can. Yeah. I feel like with three by three,
1: you can end up with these like really lucky cases. Yeah. That like or saving like five moves, is like dropping a second off your time. But a mm-hmm. mega Minx, there's just, it's such a long solve session that you're probably going to save up any lost time later. And like, yeah. if you
0: just spam TPS, it almost doesn't really matter if you, you well, know, choose just, the right next color or not. The the number of patterns you can get, it's just so overwhelming that it's like, yeah. like hard to keep track. Like the curve of beneficiality, I don't know, logarithmic? Like you, <laughs> yeah, you I go think it, this way uh, and then it plateau at point. Yeah. There's diminishing Yeah, diminishing, yeah exactly. There's diminishing returns on being able to see all the colors because there are just way too many of them. Now the mm-hmm. most famous guy what's his name? Robert is it Robert Yao? Robert Is it Yao? Yao? He is a guy,
2: yeah. No, but is it Yao method? that's uh
0: color neutral on Megamix? On Megamix? I don't
2: know oh, Or is that, I, I or is that, that.
1: Alexander Lau. Oh, Lau is Alexander is the
0: Rue guy oh, from like, twenty twelve. Maybe it's Robert. I think it's Robert. Robert.
1: I think it's probably Robert, because I think Robert is still active in the community.
0: Mm. I think Alex yeah.
1: dropped off the face of the planet.
0: Yeah, but know. what I will say is, um, since this episode isn't really Megamink-centric, I'll I'll leave off with the color part. I'm not saying it's not worthy looking into, though, because I am currently experimenting with, like, a lot of actually higher-end Megamink solvers have, uh, they do both orders, but they have the same scheme. But I'm kind of looking into having like different color schemes that kind mm-hmm. of make yourself advantageous. So it's kind of like looking for color neutrality.
2: Yeah, sort of. I mean, right. it, it, you might as well give yourself the option, right? Where it's like, okay, if you see something that's interesting, then, okay, like, I'll go down this hole. Whereas like, if you're just locked into one, then you won't even consider, like Carrie mentioned, like lucky cases and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Color yeah. neutrality is a big one, I think, that basically every single speedcuber will recommend. Um, another tip I have for um, for cubers who are just starting out is it doesn't really matter like so now we have like many many different cubes on the market and you know there are some cubes that are like the flagship cubes and there's a lot of other cubes that are like the budget cubes and I feel like one of the things that I was really struggling with back in the day was like okay like is, is it going to be more beneficial for me to buy a high-end cube? or like kind of a lower end cube. And back in the day, I feel like it did matter. It mattered because like the lower end cubes were were really awful um, and the higher end cubes were way, way better. But now we live in an era of cubing now where hardware is extremely accessible to anyone. And I think like one of the best cubes I've ever used is the Yushin Little Magic. And that cube is like $5 or something, an extremely cheap cube, but you can use that cube to like, like break many, many barriers and you don't, it's, it doesn't really, it's not really going to hold you back until you get to like much, much faster. So that's one tip that I would say is like, it, it doesn't really matter like what, what, what cube you have, as long as it isn't like, you know, like a, like a Rubik's brand cube. Rubik's. Like If you, if you get like any of the good budget cubes, you, you can get like a very, very good speed cube for $10, $15 five dollars like yeah they're all out there so take your pick
1: yeah and i think um i agree with that and something i think about that helps like remind myself that is that felix zemdegs has a lot of videos of him getting fours on a Diane zanchi (laughs) and like it just tells me that like oh since i'm not getting fours yet it's not the hardware hardware that's the problem i mean i know that like there's always some time you can shave by improving hardware but like it's always like you know improving your look ahead and other factors than just like trying to in- increase your tps on a kind of crappy cube
2: right yeah i think what is cool though is like I, for me i've noticed an effect of like whenever i get new hardware my time seem to improve at least a little bit but i think that's more the fact that's due to like oh i got a new toy
1: i want to play with it now it, it, it makes it exciting to practice yeah
2: Exactly. it makes it exciting so if that's the case then by all means like go go grab new puzzles um but yeah, mo- yeah, For if you're just starting out, really, you're not gonna find like huge differences. I think in the, like the budget cubes versus the the high end cubes, and I think a lot of it has to do with feel. And feel is like um... you know, it takes time to build feel
0: yeah for 3x3 hardware like like you said menu doesn't really make too much of a difference um yushin little magic is a great option however i don't think the yushin little magic that you're thinking of might still be in production i'm not entirely sure because they they changed it to the yushin little magic m factory produced Mm -hmm. magnetic and then i'm not sure if it changed i think it changed a little bit but still a great puzzle i would say that Mm. if i were to recommend the main main puzzle to get for every single level is the moyu rs3m
2: yeah that's a great RS3M. Puzzle. 2019 2020
0: 21 doesn't matter it's very cheap 10 bucks mm-hmm. something like that you don't need to get something fancy um and it does the job um, Where, what are your guys we...
2: thoughts on uh on magnets for beginners do you think beginners need magnets or do you think that they're fine without
1: i don't think they need them just for the same arguments we have said before it, it's like you know, you're, you're not gonna... I, I don't think a beginner needs to turn at 12 TPS on anything, really. Mm-hmm. I know that, like, lots of kids will want to try just to see what they get. But if, you're, if your main goal is just to, like, kind of have the lowest solve times, like, magnets only come into play when you're starting to hit, like, sub-10, I think.
0: Well, I was also going to say one of the main arguments against, like, starting out with magnets is because it affects your turnstile. Yeah. The way that you turn your cube is gonna change. But I've kind of gotten used to the idea that higher end cubers just have a completely different turnstile from the cubers of old, like uh, the Felix, the Drew, mm. you can actually see it when they turn the puzzle, it looks a lot different so if you're gonna end up having that oh. at the higher end anyways, might as well just start from the beginning, I don't think it changes Wait. anything.
1: Are, are you categorizing Felix and Drew as the old school? Yeah. Uh, a, a version of the old mean, they- school. Yeah, I know that, like, they are old school at this point, but the reason why I, I kind of, like, was a little taken aback, well, not really, is that, I, like, if you watch videos of, like, Jessica Friedrich turning, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like, yeah. she, she's the one who actually created the method in the 80s. Even if you give her, like, a speed cube, like, this GAN 11 M-Pro, like, she turns it like this, but she still gets, like, 14-second solves. Right. You know, because she sort of, like, optimized this way of turning. Yeah, yeah that's right.
0: that's the thing, right? So, like um cubers who cubed on a dian zanchi their style still carries over to magnetic yeah. puzzles you still see the habits that they have they're a little bit different a little bit more rigid and they're used to blockier puzzles right um yeah but i, I and, think yeah oh i, no, I think ahead.
1: it also sort of shows up in the algorithms that have been popular because you know with oh U-perms, right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Zoomer I algs, mean, like with Zoom all the S slice stuff. Because, yeah, like you couldn't do an S slice on a Rubik's brand. So, right. Like, yeah, you, you see this sort of algorithm meta shift over the years. And now everyone's like, you know, use these S slice U perms because they're yeah, dude,
2: Every time I see an S slice in Alve, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, there's, like, oh. my, my brain cannot comprehend that this S-slice is, like, done, like, well, but people use them, right? So,
1: it's helpful in blind, but that's yeah, a it, different story. Yeah,
2: here. but
0: I did want to say that because we're talking about hardware, I'd be remiss to mention the fact that hardware matters if it doesn't feel good, right? So that's why old 3x3, like, way back in 2015, pre-2015, um, you would actually have to make a very serious decision about getting a budget puzzle or the best puzzles. Um, if you were looking into doing other events, it's something to consider going for the cubes that are in the meta, um, even if they are a little bit more expensive, because you're not going to practice 4x4 if you have a...
2: a bad okay, that's a good
0: point. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to practice 4x4 if you have a Moyu, uh, what's it called? The Aosu? Yeah, the Aosu. You're not going to practice an... Uh, with these days, with the type of 3x3s you feel, if you get a Moyu Aosu to start out for 4x4, you're not going to practice in it. You're just not going to be motivated to. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: I, right, I mean, right. some
2: people will, but
0: most people won't. It's yeah, very, Yeah, I guess the goal important. is to make it...
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, the goal is to make... Uh, well, make it fun and also
0: kind of, like, lower the barrier of entry when you want right. to, like, exactly. start practicing. You want it. it to be fun at the end of the day. If I don't enjoy this puzzle, I'm not going to solve on it.
2: Right, yeah. 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 You want to find the line between, like, a budget cube that's decent and a budget cube that's just garbage or novelty, right? Because, like, yeah, novelty ones are cool to look at and stuff, but they might not be, like, good for speed cubing at all. So, yeah, that's 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 an important distinction that needs to be made. But most of the time, you can avoid that by just seeing, okay, what do do other people use? Um, I think side events, the
0: meta is very, very specific. Like, you're going to choose between one to two different puzzles for most of the events, right? That sounds about right. I think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how many Rubik's clocks there are, but I can't imagine it's more than <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> there, Four, there, there were three. No,
0: I mean, there's only one, only, to there's only recommend one good people. one. Exactly. And that, yeah. that's like a prime example of like, if you're going to tell anyone it to get a clock, how are you going to retain their interest in clock? Get them that They got to get yeah. that one. So like yeah. this, yeah. so
2: this clock is like 30 bucks or whatever. Right. And the old clocks were very, very cheap. They were, they were like $10. But those clocks are so awful and I this know. one is yeah, so much better bit. this is worth your 20 dollars extra investment like you will like just enjoy the event so much more a lot of people hated clock in the like before the chi clock came out because the hardware was just too bad it was just like i don't want to do this this is not fun so if it's yeah. obviously yeah so chai's point is absolutely correct if the if it's just not fun to do then and you, you think the cube is the region, then 100%, like, you should definitely switch and look look to upgrading. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean,
0: since we're in the topic of other events, do you guys think, what would be an event that you guys would give as the recommended event to learn as a new keeper, aside from 3x3? Do you have one?
1: I mean, for, for me personally, like, 2x2 was the first event I learned, I, I think- Yeah, same. If you can do a 3x3, you can do a 2x2.
2: Yeah, um, you, can, you can optimize some things um, when doing a 2x2. Two two. But yeah, 2x2 two two is the easiest one to pick up. And if you're looking for a bit more of a challenge, the next is also 4x4. Four 4x4 by four. Four by four is like a it's like an interesting additional challenge that you can take on and you can build on a lot of your 3x3 your three three knowledge. Um, exactly, yeah. On 4x4. Right. And uh, I what, feel like yeah. once you do 4x4, four four, I don't know, it's like this weird thing where I think like if you as you do like different events it like builds I feel like spatial awareness and all of them like will help each other you'll get faster at yeah 4 by 4 by doing 3 by 3 well somewhat obviously and then you, you'll you get faster at doing 3 by 3 by doing 4 by 4 because you'll just have a better understanding of where all the pieces go it's a very gradual process so exactly so like that's actually the part where I was going to go to where I think 2 by 2 would be
0: uh, probably an easy recommendation but I would be like a harder teacher and I would say the next event that you have to learn, if you if you like cubing, you and if you to. want to be better... Yeah, no, seriously, like, like bamboo stick, do this, you know? No. <laughs> like, this is your homework. <laughs> we oh, all did a for yeah. Okay, is it 4x4? Um, four? Definitely 4x4, four four, but including 5x5. Five five. Oh, because yeah. I think 5x5 think... f- five five trains your look-ahead in a way that 4x4 four four probably doesn't. Um, I think, just for some reason, 5x5 five five just has this tendency to activate your brain. I don't know if you guys have that I think... feeling um 5x5
1: is to me more fun than 4x4 because of the fixed centers um
0: yeah exactly and also
1: like the the fact that parody matters a little bit, like is a smaller proportion of the yeah over. i
0: guess that's true um, no definitely yeah
1: yeah but something about it just feels um cleaner i don't really know how to explain it mm,
0: well but yeah I mean, there's just a payoff to learning those cubes and being better at yeah. like, get, improving on them later on in your cubing career rather than yeah. learning 2 or Pyrrha usually is how I feel.
1: Well, yeah, I guess I was sort of thinking of this more as, you know, this is a beginning cuber who maybe like received a really crappy Rubik's Cube as a Christmas gift and we're trying not to scare them away. Oh, true. <laughs> no, know, no, for most it, people, they don't like, have to sit a a on, their shelf. I mean, so, two, by
2: two, is, 2 by 2 is pretty fun. It's a yeah. pretty pretty fun event that you can you can pick up relatively quickly. So, yeah, by all means. Yeah. I mean, by no means that you should be like, okay, like these guys said that I have to do do 4x4, but every time I turn the cube I cry. So, there but I still must do it. Like I, like we, we don't want that, right? No, don't do that, I guess. It's a hobby. <laughs> it's it's a hobby. You should have fun. Yeah. Um actually I want to so this is this is going to be a little anachronistic, but to, I kind of want to step back a little bit and talk to a little bit of cubers who are thinking about picking up cubing um, Do you guys have good tutorial recommendations? There are so many tutorials We all learned using different tutorials and nowadays like cubes come with tutorials like in with, like, oh, those little I don't like that. things. I, I don't like those tutorials, yeah, but I think video tutorials are the best though. I feel like video tutorials are better than text. But yeah, what are, what are some tutorials that you guys would recommend?
1: um i from personal experience now i wouldn't recommend it i i learned how to solve rubik's cube from me myself and pi's videos Uh (laughs) (laughs) i mean so like that that was trend that was trending at the time in 2013 but they're not like bleeding
0: edge these days Mm
2: -hmm. Mm, Um, i
0: think uh, i mean jperm is the easy i didn't learn from jperm it's just jperm has a knack for teaching yeah, and yeah. explaining very concisely, and his videos are like good production. Yeah, yeah
1: like very good lighting always. And mm-hmm. um, one thing I think that Jperm does well that a lot of other people maybe scared to do is making the tutorials short and quick. Cause like his right. video on how, like how to solve a three x three is I think it's like ten minutes long, and I think other tutorials they'll try to cover like every case and the video will be like thirty minutes long. Um, So, like, what Jperm loses is that, like, some people might get confused because they won't see the case that, you know, they see on their cube in his video. But the thing that he gains is that more people will make it to the end because there's less video to watch.
2: Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's less intimidating. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's less intimidating. Like, oh, it only takes 10 minutes to learn. I can do that, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, the the, the Jperm
2: tutorial is really good. I think for, for whatever reason, you have a personal vendetta against him. I think another really good one, the the cubicle, I think also has a really good uh, yes, a really yeah. good tutorial. Yeah. I was gonna say the cubicle is interesting because I looked at their YouTube
1: channel and like they don't have that many videos, but they have like the tutorial video, and it has like twenty million views. Yeah, and it's like the only popular video on their channel, which I yeah. think is a testament to it being a high quality video.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, you know, how how many other people just want to want to learn how to do this, right? And then, if for some reason you really, really hate Jperm and the cubicle, don't really know why, maybe I can't—I I, one in a million people. I think the Wired video that, um, I forgot his name, I think Robbie, whatever, the the same guy who did the, the documentary Wired video, he also has a video where he explains how he learned how to solve the Rubik's Cube, um, and I think that that is also pretty well done, uh, if you want to look at that as well. I think... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was a really... All that stuff was good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess
1: it's like that would be sort of like a non-cuber's perspective, which is sort of what we're going for. Since mm-hmm. a beginner was a non-cuber a day ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty difficult to go wrong. I think most most videos will, are not going to, they're not going to like lead you astray, like as long as you don't click those videos that are oh. like oh like do like these exact moves and you will solve any three x three from any state and yes. it just ends up being are you moves only like obviously like that's something i know boring, so. i use mean use your brain i
0: mean the way that we're portraying this basically also like if you're a cuber that's if you're someone that is thinking about cubing think about it from this perspective it's not scary like it's really easy like you're talking to three you're watching a podcast of three people at completely different stages of like completely different intellects. We have we have food, we have content creation, we have top secret work. Like it's all uh, the above uh, in uh, intelligence. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, I thought you were gonna uh, say something
1: like we have three idiots here who all manage managed. Yeah, that's to what I was gonna say. Yeah. Idiocy. So which
2: I mean they're <laughs> true, <laughs> true. We have dumb da... morons. <laughs> have...
1: Uh, yeah. I mean. I agree though, because like, cubing just sort of like has a reputation of being like only for nerdy people, just based on what you see on TV and all that. Yeah. But
2: absolutely, it's not like that whatsoever. Like, it takes like no, yeah. it takes like no real. Well, this is going to sound really not... dumb, but it takes no real mental capacity to solve a Rubik's cube. I, yeah, I would say it, like it really you don't just need takes insight. perseverance more than anything.
1: Yeah, you just mm-hmm. need to be able to like follow instructions and like do it enough times that it, it stays in your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, the analogy I tell non-cubers, like, when they say, like, oh, I know 57 OLLs and each one is, like, around 12 moves, and they're like, how do you memorize all that? The analogy I always say is, it's sort of like language, because every word you know is sort of just like a random assortment of letters, and you somehow know that, like, the word congratulations, which is, like, 18 letters, means something, and, and you say it right every time just because you're so used to hearing it. So if you can learn how to speak a language, you can also learn how to cube.
0: Yeah. I am I mean, cubing, like, it teaches you things, right? So it teaches you how to think and learn things in a very organized way. I, I think that matters a lot because, like, oh, I'm going to learn this, and then I'm going to learn that, and then I'm going to memorize it in this way. Like, say, for example, Carrie, you mentioned, like, learning letter schemes for a three blind, for example. Um, just, right. like, a specific way of thinking is what it teaches you. And... Mm-hmm it's a skill that maybe you wouldn't know otherwise you'd have it's a train it's a what's it called a learned trait basically to think think in certain ways of in the cubing context but also i mean people ask me like is there a real benefit to cubing and sometimes i'll joke around and say like no it's just a toy like i'm just chilling i'm just like messing around but in actuality it does it can rehabilitate your motor function yeah uh i mean there was a huge like thing with max park like yeah i was gonna um, mention max yeah park. exactly he had issues as a kid opening a water bottle and he picked up a rubik's cube as a way to train his motor function yeah and i look mean at, look at where he inspiring. is now <laughs> yeah i know a world record holder yeah exactly so
2: i mean yeah i mean even aside from motor functions like there's and if you're you're you, if you're like an older cuber it's it's also just good to just like kind of like keep your you stress your brain a little bit, right? And it's not something that's like particular, that's too too difficult to do. It's not like you know, it's like learning an entirely new language, right? Which is which is very difficult to do. It takes many many hours of time. It's something that you can just do in in your hand, even if you're just like sitting in a meeting, right? And you're just bored. It's just like, all right, I guess it's just time to time to like mess around, or even just think about like, okay, like I see the cubes in this state. What would I do from here? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's something pretty basic that you can do at all hours of the day. So yeah we definitely recommend yeah. getting into cubing
1: i mean i uh, i think i like i cringe at myself for having cubed as much as i did in high school though just because like it it attracts attention more than i realized <laughs> and yeah it, it's, it's louder it's louder than i had thought yeah it is it is very loud yeah. it's always louder
2: than you yeah. think yeah
0: it is very loud okay um... so maybe
2: you shouldn't be cubing in meetings but
0: Probably not like at at least mute your virtual meetings (laughs) Mute yourself. uh, Yeah, you're gonna do it Um, But I I, I feel like oh go
1: ahead. Oh one thing quickly. I want to say is that uh, one of you mentioned that it's sort of like Is useful because it like it gets you in a different like learning mind state Mm -hmm. I have to say that like doing three blind and like being blindfolded and like recalling stuff from memory kind of like puts me in a different like zen-like state that well not zen I don't want to sound pretentious but it's a feeling I don't get from any other activity right yeah because like you're never asked to like put all these letters in your brain and then recall them right
2: mm-hmm. outside of yeah, yeah. outside yeah. of like
1: a memory sports thing it never shows up yeah but n- like not that many people okay well probably as many people do memory sports as cubing I don't want to diss on them <laughs> well but yeah it, it's it's rare among the general public
0: yeah no definitely Well, what I was gonna say is, um, I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but we should at least talk about some, like maybe at least one of the barriers. Yeah, definitely. For like newer cubers. I was thinking maybe we should give advice about sub 30, maybe? Sub one or sub 30. What do you guys think is more important at this stage? Um, Maybe sub one?
1: I felt like sub one was easy for me to pass through, but I, it's also yeah. more more exciting because it's like you you used to have a time with like a colon and now you can get right. Really cool. <laughs> well, no, I definitely. guess
2: I guess the blanket over ba- basically everything that we say is also like we're not going to mention the most important thing, which is practice. Like it it, yeah. it it sounds really really stupid because everybody says it all the time, but the and you know there's there's always the, those memes. It's like. Oh, everyone says it all the time because important, or what if everyone just says it because they're dumb? But this is this is not a meme. This is this is legit. No, no. So, I mean, just for, yeah,
0: just for context. Me as like someone who would I consider myself above average. I am literally in the middle of a challenge where I'm practicing as much as I can for Mega Makes. So I mean, it, the difference between an average of fifty and an average of hundred for whatever puzzle is a huge difference. Yeah. So just yeah, solve more.
2: Yeah, solve solve more. Solve more. Don't you don't need to time yourselves. Like it, it's it's a. I I I feel like as a beginner, I always wanted to time myself as much as possible because I wanted to see the progress happening, which is like yeah. fine, and it's it's good that you want to see that progress. But you don't have to time all yourselves. If you're just sitting on the if you're sitting in the metro, right, and you have nothing to do, like you know you could be reading a book or something. You can whoop out a cube and just do that instead. Although you might get like some couple stairs or something, but. I mean, like, it's, it's just a good way to practice. I used to do this when I was, during an internship, I would commute like 20 minutes to and from. I would literally, I would just grab a megaminx every single day, and I would just try and do as many solves as I could on the train. Um, and and it, I mean, it paid off. Like, my my megaminx times totally decreased. Now they're completely awful, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah but yeah, yeah anyway I mean, yeah did you, did you get comments from like other train goers
2: i actually didn't i actually didn't uh so which is which is cool but during work <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. people would like i would like have it on my desk when i was just bored and people would be like oh do you know how to solve this i'm like yeah and they would like mess it up and then they would wait for like they'd wait like a minute and a half for me to like solve it and it's like oh wow that's really impressive so there you go you can make you can you can make yourself seem like you're way smarter than you actually are <laughs> that's what i did <laughs>
1: Yeah, um I mean the mega like anything that isn't a 3x3 just looks very intimidating to non-cubers. So. True. Um it just adds to that wow
0: factor. Um, I mean the sub 30 barrier is like practice related, right? Yeah. I would find that usually if you pump out more solves, you're just going to have a good chance of being sub 30.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think sub
1: yeah, sub 30 is a lot about practice. I remember around that stage Um, I also had to kind of be realistic with myself that, like, I was doing a lot of F2L cases very inefficiently. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I remember, let let me just recreate a case here.
2: Uh, Yeah, okay. Oh, this
1: is, this is Blue Cross. Is this gonna make sense to people? (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. They they should be color neutral. (laughs) Uh,
2: They should be color
1: neutral. Uh, I know, but this is for beginners, though. I mean, beginners aren't even doing F2L, but I think this is just, like, for the sub-30 case. So oh, like yeah. if if you have the corner here and then like the edge here, I would like I originally would rotate. Why uh, this angle is so weird? Pair it up, and pull it out, and then rotate back, and then insert it. But obviously like it's a rotationless case. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I, yeah, I can't recreate
0: it. Like the optimal <laughs> case is very. It's like what? It's like just one, like,
2: two, three, one, two, three. It's seven yeah, moves. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's just a variation of sexy. I think it's yeah, like. Yeah, what it, is it? It's like it's anti-sexy-sexy,
0: uh, right? Something like that.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I was thinking of the one that's, like, I don't know how to describe it. But yeah, it's seven moves. Yeah. Um. Well, okay, it doesn't really matter about this specific case. I have a different one now. Um, it's more that, like, when you're on sub-30, you could have bad habits that if you just keep practicing them, they actually don't go away. Yeah. And I think you have to start, like, analyzing and, like, maybe watching videos of yourselves and being like, why am I rotating here when I see, like, sub 10 cubers are not.
2: Yeah, and you know, sometimes sometimes you can't port over all of their solutions, but sometimes you can see like, okay, like I was solving this case in this way and other people are not solving it in this way and their way seems to be faster and it seems like something I could try. Let me just try doing it this way and it'll just work. Or maybe even if you just mess around with it yourself, sometimes you can, you can get that to work. Um, what do you guys think is like, let's say like we're talking from like a CFOP solver perspective, right? And, you know, most beginners are going to start off with the, the beginner's method, which is like a seven-step solution, you know, you, were seven or eight-step solution, you know, you build a daisy, then you build the cross, then you finish the first layer, second layer, then the four steps of last layer. When do you think people should start transitioning towards uh, full CFOP, which is just a four-step process, just cross, first two layers, OLL and PLL? Um, well, I think that... Or do they even need to? Maybe they. Do. Maybe they don't need to transition. Yeah, I never had.
1: I never did the Daisy thing. I. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. Like, I, I know why it's easier to teach the Daisy than pure cross, but because I never learned the Daisy thing, I think switching from the Daisy to straight to cross is not as hard as maybe learning all of PLL or learning all of OLL.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's,
1: it's sort of like an intuitive thing that like the earlier you start, the quicker you can sort of get an intuition for it.
0: Right. Yeah. There should be some clarification. There's, there's technically two types of beginners methods that people can learn. Um, I, I mean, for last layer. So for last layer, the beginner method that ah. I learned was where you did some, like you solved, you oriented the corners and permuted the corners as the last step and you oriented right. the edges and you permeated the edges as the first step to the last layer. Um, now there's an alternative beginner's method solution where you actually solve the entire top color of the three by three in two algs. Um, so it's kind of like Tula go-al-al. The actual, yes, the alternative yeah, beginner's method look-o-al-al. will actually teach Tula Goalal. And then it teaches you Uperms. Right.
2: oh it, okay yeah it teaches yeah, you how to different. yeah exactly yeah it's a tool of PLL you first orient you first permute the, the corners then you permute the
0: the edges so what I would say is if you learn that method in the very beginning then it's a little bit more straightforward just learn PLL because um sub 30 is around that point where if you're gonna stick with CFOP and I would suggest exploring other uh, methods you're probably at that level where you're thinking about it but at some point, you're gonna need to know more Alex. You're gonna need to know PLL, Olo, or else you're just gonna hit a hard cap at some point with your speed. Um, there's just so many, mo- there's so many moves that you can make yeah, before you exactly. start to see the f- no more improvement. Right, right. Um, so you need to get more familiar with it. And I think sub 30, your brain is at that capacity of cubing where you could learn it. Um, if you learn the alternative, like the very, very beginner's method solution, you're gonna have to learn the two look OLO and then you learn to look PLL. So you have to go to that step, you have to learn that new method. And then yeah. you have to switch from to look PLL to PLL. So my advice essentially is
2: learn PLL at some yeah. capacity. Yeah, I, I think I yeah. agree. Like PLL is not, I feel like is not a hard requirement for being sub 30, but it's something that can like push you over the edge if you're like stuck at 31 or if you're stuck at 30, 30 XX um, and, you, and you just need to get over the, over the hump then PLL is one way that you can definitely do it and PLL is not a huge alg set either it's it's gonna sound like kind of intimidating because it's 21 algorithms but if you know the two look PLL then you already know like somewhere between like seven I think two look PLL is is at least is one aperm and then four edge uh no probably probably no it's probably just so you probably know two of them already and a lot of them are, like, relatively, are like, they're they, they very finger trick friendly. Um, so there are, there are a lot of good algorithms out there to learn them. Uh, and, yeah, so, and, and the, the other thing is you don't have to learn all of them if you don't want to. But even learning a couple of them are going to turn your, like, the number of times that you'll need to use two algorithms, or, sorry, one algorithm instead of two, is just going to increase. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, yeah I mean, I, PLO is, yeah. is a very, very easy Beginner subset to start learning.
1: Yeah, and when you're like halfway there, if you've learned like 10 PLLs and you haven't finished the rest, it just means that half of yourselves will sort of have that shortcut one ALG to the end. So you'll already see your average kind of drop because of that. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and then the logic too, like we're not just talking about learning ALGs for the sake of learning ALGs. The reason why OLL isn't as important it's just based off of the experiences that we've had and other cubers. Two look PLL, it doesn't save as many moves transitioning to OLL as tuluk look PLL to yeah, PLL, right? Definitely. Yeah. And then mean, the way- there are so oh. many more OLLs just to learn. Yeah. So yeah, learning I mean, that learning curve is a lot more. And then, like for example, Colin Burns, a world record holder, infamously never learned two look OLL. Or, I mean, he never learned full OLL. Full. Yeah. Oh, I have, actually. Yeah, I and I have bad. plenty of friends that are still using to look OLL. In fact, some optimal OLL cases are to look OLL. So, yeah. which is yeah. like insane. So is this, in terms of the distribution and the experience, like it's just with the, the data that we have, that's why PLL, we can confidently recommend it at this stage. Whereas OLL, you're not gonna hear us say that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I still don't know full OLL. Part of that is because oh. my song style is weird. But like, you know, I was still able to get like, like I was still Minus able 20. to get um, like, you know, 12 second average without knowing full full OLL. So you, you don't need full OLL to, at, at, definitely not at the sub 30 stage. Most of, I think mostly you can do, most, mostly practice, PLL is a good one. And then you should, I think another good thing is you can start into, in, introducing some F2L cases. There are some cases that are going to be really really annoying that are going to be hard to deal with for example like flipped edges or flipped corners those ones are, are probably pretty hard to deal with but if you see like a simple f2l case and it's just like okay the pair is already made for you then you should just insert the pair right F- figure out some alternate way to insert the pair um instead of just inserting the edge uh, instead of inserting the corner first and then trying to insert the edge you'll just save moves mm-hmm.
1: yeah i agree yeah I was also gonna say like I, I think these are all very helpful for CFOP, but um I-, I don't know if it's like worthy to even like bring up rue because might as well like not many beginners use it but I definitely think that rue is useful because you don't have to turn as fast to get sub 30 mm-hmm. and like it has a similar thing to Pll where a lot of beginners will know to look CMLL, and it's' um, like learning full CMLL will kind of like also take you from like a thirty one to like a twenty nine, I think.
0: And I mean, like, in fact, CMLLs. learning Rue when in a two look CMLL stage requires much less algs. Yeah, I fast. think I think it should be less.
2: Well, CMLL
0: is what 40, 42 outs. <coughs> yeah. Well, all you yeah. need CMLL? to do is like yeah, well, it's it's similar to two look in terms of the number of algs you use, but even less because you don't consider edges, right?
2: You just it, it's, it's it's a, it's actually the it should be it should be exactly the same as COLL. Yeah. Uh, it's the same, the same as C O L L. Yeah.
1: Um but like it, it has a lot of very nice outs like F R U, R prime, mm-hmm. U prime, F prime. Yeah, because you say... don't need
2: to worry about the uh you, you don't need to worry about edges. the edges. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to maintain their orientation. Yeah. So it yeah, so I think CMLs should be an easier sub it should be easier than C-O-L-L.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, right. like, the reason why I put that caveat in there, like, feel free to explore the methods, is because yeah, R U uses yeah. less uh Roo use, uses... a built more um Free flowing, like if you're a beginner, I don't know how easy it is. I don't know how easy it is for you to be able to catch on to the first block, second block, solving that uh, last layer type situation with the uh, you know, find the arrow and then orient everything. But once you pick that up, I mean, it's a little bit of a grind, but I mean, this is cubing. We already mentioned it doesn't require massive brain power, you know? Yeah. Um, just requires dedication, so yeah. I think Rue is a huge option for beginner cubers, it's especially with the hardware for M-slices. Yep, it's exactly. great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe like 15 years ago we wouldn't recommend it because M-slices would
0: suck, but they don't anymore. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have an easy rec- uh, not recommendation though, Manu, okay. unfortunately I would not recommend ZZ. I
2: would- ZZ is very, like, e- so the E-O line <laughs> is- So, <laughs> so the, so- so the reason why we recommend learning like a like a CFOP, CFOP-esque beginner method, right, like, is it, it's easier for you to, I think at least, it's it should be easier for beginners to catch on to because it requires a lot less spatial, it requires a lot less, like, spatial manipulation. Like, once you solve the first two layers, you're done. You just never think about those first two layers ever again. You're only dealing with nine pieces now. Whereas, like... ZZ, Rue, Petrus, like all of these are way more free-flowing, which is powerful in their own way. It allows you to save moves because you don't need to, you don't need to worry about preserving certain parts of the cube. But it's very difficult to get you to get the hang of because there's less structure. It feels like there's less structure what's going on. For example, like when we talk about ZZ, the big thing is learning EO. And EO is like a, is not, and EO stands for edge orientation. There's not, it's, it requires like thought process to first define what it means for edge, edges to be oriented. Then you need to be able to figure out which edges are oriented, which edges aren't oriented. Then you need to actually do the steps in order to orient the edges, which is not, which is not super obvious. I think. Um, once you once you know the definition, yeah, okay, like now now it makes sense that okay now I don't need to do any F or B moves or any rotations to solve the rest of the cube, but it's not. It, it, you don't really see the payoff like immediately if you're a be- if you're like a beginner speedcuber because it just looks the same. It like if I gave you a cube yeah. that had EO done and a totally just scrambled cube, it would look more or less it the same. would look more solved. Even though yeah, yeah, I mean, there's I like more structure there, it's like a latent structure that's hard to see. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't think there's a single person who has learned ZZ as their first method. Okay, I could be wrong, but
2: I, I think i don't know if tiffany did actually oh tiffany oh but i
0: mean you're gonna see these methods in circulation i just want to tell you guys don't learn zz i swear yeah you should probably
2: not learn zz as a beginner method if you become interested in it like like you know like i i don't really like cfop because i think it's boring i think zz is much more interesting then you you can learn it later but of course like you have to also be prepared to take the 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 hits in your averages which i am totally fine with for the record (sighs) yeah
1: exactly um, and I think this like ties into what, what Michael was mentioning earlier about like, you want to find something that makes solving fun, mm-hmm. so that you'll yeah. come back to it, and you know, like Manu said, EO line is not very visible, uh, but like with CFOP you can actually like, see the, the solve chunk growing on the cube much, much easier. So it's like, oh, I'm making progress, and then you want to continue, and, and maybe you'll practice five days instead of four days.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't even real. We could explain this too. Eo line, like the first step of ZZ, doesn't even solve anything. I mean, it's it, solves, it, it solves does. Two people, yeah. It solves two pieces, but it <laughs> that's it. Much. That's it. Like half of the moves that you're doing at the very beginning is not solving anything. Wait, wait, wait.
2: Le- way less than half of the moves that you do. Yeah, you, you actually don't, do you don't anything. See a, you don't see a. do There's it. no visual payoff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just something to note. Yeah. Plus, I like, mean, it, yeah.
2: And, and the I thing think... is, like, the brain is really good at, like, putting away things that, like, are already done, right? For, like, if, like, once once you've already done things, your brain is, like, okay, I'm done with this. I, I know that this is going to stay this way, so now I just don't need to deal with it ever again. But it's easy that isn't the case, right? Like, if doing, like, ten moves to solve only two pieces is pretty awful uh, for your brain, because you need to, like, track where the next pieces are going to be, and that, 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 it's a lot of moves. Whereas, like, for cross, if you do a cross in five moves, you already have, like... You already have four pieces solved, and five moves is way easier for you to track like corners and edges. So it, it flows a lot better. but That, that that's yeah. this is the main yeah. problem I'm having with ZZ right now. So yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think it's interesting because like if you like an advanced cuber, you know, does feel satisfied when they see like white or yellow on the top and bottom. Mm-hmm. But that's something that's like kind of like an intuition that you only get after years of doing this, and we're we're talking to beginners right now.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah Hmm. do you guys think think there's anything else for sub 30 now that we're kind of wrapping uh, back around well i i don't know if there's so much about sub
1: 30 because there's a lot of other videos about that but one other like topic i wanted to quickly talk about is like new cubers when they go to a competition for the first time um like feel intimidated and one thing that i not regret but i think i could have done better is like on my first few competitions i I pretty much like kept to the same friend like or like two friends over and over again Mm. and okay i'm trying to think like what if there's anything to really teach about this but be outgoing yeah i mean like that's just like the lesson that like everyone teaches not even just in cubing but just in the world so I, i need to be like unique somehow
2: um so one thing that i thought was cool is like I think I would not be in cubing now if it weren't for in so in I competed in two competitions in 2013 I didn't really know anyone you know my parents took me to like my competitions or whatever and then in 2016 uh I went to I went to a competition and at that competition I decided to actually staff but by staff I mean oh. you know it was just like people were just calling up it's like okay like we need we need more judges can someone do this stuff like okay like you know like I've been on the competitor side learning how to judge is like not that much harder and by doing that and me not knowing what i was doing as a judge which i guess was not a good thing i had to ask other people it's like okay like you know like what am, what am i supposed to do i don't really understand what's happening and i made i met a friend his name was, his name is Javier and i we still like we, we still like talk from time to time to this day and there were other competitions where i've gone to in that area and he's and he's there at the competition it's like oh my god goodness it's like so good to see you again after all this time i think that really kickstarted kick-started it kick for me because then when i when i moved to berkeley it's like okay like now i had ex- experience staffing in a competition let me s- try staffing here and then f- the rest is history
1: yeah yeah i mean i think that's a good story because it kind of teaches you that like when you staff or when you like try to contribute even if you do it wrong you're at least kind of putting yourself into kind of the flow of things and like you're you're, you're now like a cog in the machine which usually is a bad thing but if you're a cog in the machine then like now people have a reason to like talk to you or a reason to like point
2: out that you're doing something wrong well or as, as the, long as you, you don't like kind of... mess up really badly like okay uh, yeah, yeah. obviously you should know what you're doing don't be like me like know what you're doing before yeah. you get there but yeah it just gives you an opportunity yeah. to talk to yeah, people yeah to but say... like
1: i think it's too easy to become like a competitor who does nothing and then like is pretty invisible right because then no one really has a reason to notice that
0: yeah. you're there well, they're like also like a competition is a space where you can kind of be whoever you want to be you could be a staffer you could be like a content creator you could be a really fat you could you could be a fast boy you could be a fast boy right you could be a, a social like a basically like a socialite you could be like a hermit i mean it's okay you could be whatever you want at the end of the day but what i would say is i think is very very important and i don't think cubers hear this enough over practicing is a thing if you care about your results <laughs> If you overpractice, think about your hand. Think about you're an athlete. If you use your fingers too much, you're gonna get
1: carpal tunnel. <laughs> well,
0: because your no, I mean, you're yeah, gonna get tired. Yeah, well, yeah. I was thinking about the best way to phrase it, but you're you're gonna get tired, no, and you're not gonna feel it because it's your fingers.
2: Yeah, this is a thing. I mean, Lucas, Lucas Etter, you know, the the first oh, person in the yeah. world to ever get a to get, ever get a sub five solve. He had, I think, some pretty bad arthritis in his hands because I don't know if it was because he, he cubed a lot, but it kept him out of the scene for a long, long time. I think he made a return at some point, but I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it was due to overpractice or whatever, but I could definitely see overpractice leading to something like that. So dude, I mean just take care of yourself, yeah. right? Think about it. Yeah. If you're doing an average of
0: 1,000 at home, are you going to get your best solves at solve 300 or solve 900? Like it's the yeah, same thing. Bad you're bad. gonna get fatigue, and so don't, don't, don't sweat about like I'm gonna practice like 50 solves before I go out for um, my official result. You just need to get warmed up. Like any athlete, you just get warmed up. Mm-hmm. Practice your PLLs, maybe spam some TPS, um, maybe you need hand warmers, whatever, whatever you need. But if you're doing too many solves, you're gonna. You're gonna it throw. also like
2: messes up your head sometimes.
0: Exactly, it's a mental thing too. You're gonna psych yourself out
2: yeah exactly yeah. It, it, i feel like it all is coming back to the, like this theme that we keep pulling from it's just like if if it's not fun for you you shouldn't you, should, you just shouldn't do it like don't, mm-hmm. do the yeah. things that are fun for you right if doing a thousand solves a day is not fun for you then you then just don't do it you don't you don't need to do it right like you can you can you can cruise just by doing 10 solves a day you can probably like cruise by if you just don't if you don't do any any time solves a day and just you know just figuring out what's going on do whatever is most fun for you and yeah hopefully you know you get more involved in the scene and maybe who knows maybe we'll see you at a competition soon
1: oh my gosh that'd be cool to meet a cuber who's like i first started cubing watching over inspected that, oh my be goodness so that would be, be
0: wild that would actually be mind-blowing i don't think truthfully yeah. like making over inspected i mean we're on episode 11 now i would have that's not something i think about actually but it would yeah be that's really, cool. yeah
2: that's that's crazy yeah um,
1: but, so the lesson here is, like, there can, there can be too much of a good thing if you're feeling, like, like, your solving session is going on too long, then it must come to an end. So if yeah. a podcast is also going on for too long, Whoa. it should also come to an Dude. end. Carrie's segways are too Whoa. good. Whoa,
0: okay. All right. Wow, okay. Too good. Lovers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is, the, okay, the, the yeah. YouTube, so episode. The YouTube master, man. No, I, oh, okay. God. I don't know if that was, like... If that was smooth, or if that was cringe, but either way, it was smooth. It was. I smooth. think episode yeah. eleven is closing up. So, beginner cubers, I hope your cubing endeavors go well. And I think we will sign off. Goodbye.